all creation. As we look ahead to another year, we look above to you. Your grace is enough. Your mercy is new every morning. And your power is made perfect in our weakness. This year we have faced many trials. We have fought many battles. We have learned many lessons. And we have prayed many prayers. But this is our hope in life and in death. You are the God who sees. You are the God who knows. You are the God who cares. And you are the God who loves. And so we pray for courage to face our giants. We pray for grace to cover our guilt. We pray for strength to overcome our challenges. We pray for joy in all circumstances. And we pray for vision to see what you see. face this year, but we do know this, it will never be faced alone. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Who here doesn't know me? A few of you, a few. Well, let me uh, fill you in. My name's Nathan. Uh, I help out at the youth group. I've been coming here since junior high, uh, as often as I can. I consider this my home church. Seven years ago, I got married to my beautiful wife uh, and moved to Wisconsin, so that was fun. Uh, but in 2014, I went to Frontier School of the Bible out in LaGrange, who knows where that's at? Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, stayed for a year and a half, but ended up falling in love and getting married and needed to support my wife. So I went and got a job in Wisconsin, been there for seven years, like I said, and now we're back. We're finishing school, uh, helping out at youth group. The goal is to be as helpful here as I can, uh, be a youth pastor, possibly. Other than that, don't really have a plan other than finishing school right now. But Brandon asked me to speak this, this Sunday, and I said, sure, why not? Uh, this is my first time up uh, in big kids' church. Because <laughs> that's all you guys are. You're just big kids. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the church today and what it's supposed to be, and how things have gone wrong with it before. 
but I'm going to run it kind of like I would a youth group message. So that means I need some feedback from you guys. All right? So when I ask a question, it's not an idle question. I want you to answer. All right? When I say the word church, what comes to mind? Family, Jesus, I heard. People. Building. Community. Community. I've got four in mind when I came up. Church building, that's what we're in right now, right? Kind of have hard to have church without a church building. Possible, but difficult these days, especially if you want to house all of you. I'm not going to be able to fit you in my apartment. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. How about church members, community? That's the person sitting next to you. Say hi to them. <laughs> then the local church. Anybody know what I mean when I say local church? Right here. This church. Surrounding communities nearby. Those churches. We're all a local church. And then finally, the universal church. Anybody have any guesses to universal church? I'll give you a hint. It's everybody that's a Christian. Just so you know, Universal Church is the community of believers that reaches every corner of this world. That's you, that's me, that's the person in China, that's everybody. And what we're going to talk about today, we're talking about the Universal Church, just so you're aware. That's what Paul is talking about. He's writing to the Corinthians, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to a group of believers, but he's talking about the whole group, not just the Corinthians. Now let me give you a little picture of why Paul is writing to the Corinthians in the first place. They screwed up. <laughs> they are, uh, I was actually taking a class on this last semester and uh, my professor or teacher, he, uh, he labeled the class Grace strategy for unsaintly saints. These people are Christians, but they're being pretty bad at what they're doing. <laughs> um, pretty much the whole book is Paul correcting behaviors in the church. And it's no different here. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. I'm just going to read the whole passage right off the bat, and then we'll take it through one by one, all right? The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. 
The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can say to, can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together so, so that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the slaves, oh, harmony among the members that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So the first blank in your notes, if you're following along, is one body. These are verses 12 through 13 that we're going to look at. Paul is very descriptive here. He's using an analogy. Something I would normally do for you is have some fun thing uh, for a visual concept for you. Uh, for example, I blended up a Happy Meal for my youth group message one night and had the kids drink it. They didn't like it so much, had a couple people throw up. Um, today, I was going to uh, take a Barbie and cut it apart and tell you how, how great that is. And then I realized, wait a minute, that would be stealing Brandon's idea. Because he did that a little while ago, didn't you? Something along the lines of mutilating a Barbie. Um, so I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to steal it. I let him have that. But Paul is being descriptive here, just like I would be using this Barbie doll. Um, but he's using our body to represent the Christian faith, the body of believers. He's talking about it's one unified thing through the Spirit we're all baptized through the Spirit, and we become one. We are one body. Regardless of background, regardless of where we're going in life, what our status is, how many friends we have on, well, you guys don't use Facebook anymore, do you? I'm old. Um, Twitter? What is it, X now? Is it X? Is Twitter X? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not big on social media. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how few followers you have. We are all part of one thing. And then it, he shifts. He goes, all right, we're all one, but... Second point in your notes is many parts. If you didn't guess that, shame on you. Uh, one body, many parts. The church has many types of people from a variety of backgrounds with multitudes of gifts and abilities. Who here thinks they have a gift or ability? That's not very many. I'm not seeing hands. Everybody should. That's what the Bible's teaching us right now. Raise your hand. 
We all have a certain gift, a certain ability. Once we're baptized in the Spirit, that Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives us a gift. You might not know what yours is right now. You might need to do some exploring, some trying out. Um, but you have one. You might not exercise it. You might not care to exercise it. But we take those abilities and gifts and we turn on each other. Say, I, I am a great speaker. I'm more important than you guys because you're not up here. That's just not true. I, I don't regard myself as a great speaker. I'm here teaching the truth of the Bible. That's all I want to do. I don't want to be some puffed up preacher. Um, but they have a tendency to, we have a tendency to do that. We say, oh, I, I'm the feet. I take us where we need to go. Very important. Very, very important. I'm the hands. I do all the work. You might, might take us there, but I'm the one doing it. I'm the mouth. I'm very good at speaking. I'm very good at convincing you that I'm right, this is right, everything else is wrong. And we fight. The foot attacks the hand. The hand attacks the ear. Why do we do these things? Why do we do this? We, we fight and we fight. Or, better yet, for those of you who didn't raise your hand, we walk around, oh, I don't have a gift. I don't have an ability. Spirit didn't give me anything. It's just not true. You might not think you have something. What if your prayer life is better than mine? I'm not a great prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I have a hard time speaking to something I can't see. That's, that's one of my faults. My wife, she's great at praying. She is far better at it than I am. And that's, we need each other. I need her to help me with my praying. And she helps me, or I help her with studying the Bible. We're helping each other, growing each other, which is what the body is supposed to do because she has the gift of prayer and I don't. So what's your gift? What is your gift? I want you to be thinking about that as we talk about this next part. Because one gift is not better than the other, point number three is that they are all equally honorable. Every gift, every ability that the Spirit gives to you is equally honorable. There's two pitfalls Christians fall into. First, being too proud of their ability. Like I've been talking about, if you are up here, if you were up here and you're sticking your chest out and I'm a mighty Christian man. 
proud, pride, not proud, pride is a sin. We must be humble in what we're doing. Because it's not us doing it, guys. It's not me up here talking. I woke up this morning uh, and I wanted to tuck tail and run. <laughs> I didn't want to be up here. Big kid church scares me. Um, it's not like talking to little kids. <laughs> no, no, they're great. But it's Christ, guys. It's Christ working through me. It's Christ working through you and what you do. That's all it is. So we need to take our credit, put it aside, and give it to Christ. Because it's not me, it's not you. Pride should have nothing to do with it. Second pitfall. We talked about this one a little bit too. Thinking you have nothing to give to the body of believers. If you're thinking this, if you think, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't have enough time, I'm too busy, uh, I don't know what my gift is, I don't have a gift. Stop thinking that way, because you have a gift. If you're a Christian, it's promised to us that when the Spirit baptized us and we became part of the family of Christ, the body of Christ, we were given a gift. So stop thinking like that. Work to find your gift. Work to use it. My uh, father-in-law, he's a trucker. He's traveling a lot. He, he drives around. His gift, in my opinion, is supporting Danielle and I. He's helped us more than anybody else that I know of. He has helped us through financial hardships, him and his wife. They've been there when we couldn't pay a bill and they've paid it for us. He, he, he's very quiet, he's very shy, he's very reserved. He doesn't really talk to me, he doesn't really talk to Danielle. He's very, very quiet, very mellow. But he gives like nobody else I know. He's doing something that, that most people don't think to do. And it's encouraged me to give to others as well. There's a friend I have at Frontier. She's struggling with her mental health. I saw it a week after knowing her because I've dealt with stuff like that. And you know what I said to her? I said, I'm gonna take you to the doctor because I think you need to get some help. So we took her. She has no money. She's a broke college student. I paid her bill. They prescribed her some medication. She can't pay for that either. I'm paying for that. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I am a very giving person because I care about what happens to the body of believers. I care about what happened to my sister 
in Christ. I wanted her to be better. I didn't take it on myself because I felt obligated to her. I took her, her needs upon myself because nobody else would. Her family wouldn't help her. So I stepped in and I became her brother in Christ and I said, here, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna bless you in this way. It's small things, guys, small, small things. You might have the gift of prayer. Guys, I've had a lot of you praying for me, a lot of you praying for the school, and I've been able to make it through the last semester because of you guys. I've had prayers come true through financial support. I found a $50 bill in my mailbox one time. Didn't know who it came from. The school paid my rent all semester. Didn't see that coming. So prayer works. And there's always time for prayer. So don't think that you have nothing to give to the body of believers because it could be just as easy as a kind word to your neighbor. You might make their day just a little bit better. So instead of comparing ourselves to each other, instead of, instead of feeling down on ourselves for not having a gift, we should be exploring our gifts and using them to spread the news of salvation, not just to each other, not just to our local church, not just to our church family right here. Why not pray for refugees in Iran, in Iraq? Why not pray for the persecuted church in North Korea? How often do we give them thought? How often do we do we say, those people are suffering for Christ's sake and they are so happy to do so? We don't know what that suffering's like. They're being persecuted. We have tendency to think of ourselves as persecuted, but we have more freedom than anywhere else in the world. So why aren't we using our gifts to help each other, to help those here, to help those from afar, get in contact with somebody. Maybe there's a missionary you've never heard of in some back country that you didn't know existed. Send them 20 bucks. Might make their day, you never know. Next, no one should discount the contribution of another person no matter how insignificant it might seem. Someone up in the balcony might come down here right after service and say something to one of the youth group kids, something along the lines, hey, thanks for helping out here. That's encouraging. That's something, a lot of these kids are afraid to be up here. A lot of these kids have that anxiety. There's, there's kids up here on worship team that I know feel some anxiety. I know because I've been there. So say hi. Give them some encouragement. Say, well done. 
That goes a long way. It goes longer, a, a far greater distance than me being up here and preaching at you for half an hour, 40 minutes. Because honestly, this can be done by almost anybody with the right amount of prep. Doesn't take too much to be up here and speaking. But for them to be up here, it's a big deal. Them to be contributing the way they are. This is a youth Sunday. They're helping out big time. They're downstairs taking care of kids too. Bet you didn't know all that. Um, so we shouldn't discount what we do for each other. Whether it's a small kind word or being part of the worship team or praying. It's all furthering Christ's work. Also, we should not be dissatisfied with the gifts God has given us. Instead, we should be eager to see how he applies our gifts to the works of the church. We shouldn't say, oh, I don't have this. I'm not a mouth. I can't speak. I have the gift of prayer. Does prayer really work? It does. Um, we shouldn't be dissatisfied with that. If you have the gift of prayer, there is power in your prayers. There's power in your prayer regardless. I'm just not good at it. Some people are very good at praying. So we shouldn't discount ourselves and we should look for where the church needs us. When's the last time you asked a member of the board, an elder, pastor, where can I be of use here? When's the last time you said, how can I be praying for the church? How, is, how, is, how am I supposed to, to help here? How can I further Christ's work here? When's the last time you asked, how can I further Christ's work in Torrington? How can I help the churches there? How can I help the schools there? When's the last time you asked, how can I help the church in China? Do we give much thought to China, to their believers? Or are we focused more on the local church and less on the universal? So I asked earlier, what part of the body are you? Are you a hand? Are you a foot? Are you an eye, an ear, a mouth? Are you the hair? I don't know what the hair would <laughs> relate to. I'm sure it's something. Are you the, the pinky toe? Used for balance, maybe? And how are you using that gift today? We have a brand new year coming up in 13 hours. That's coming up quick. How are you gonna use your gift to make 2024 better than this year? Because guys, this year kind of sucked. So the, the, the worship team's gonna come up, but we're gonna pray. 
while they do that. I want you to think on it. What part of the body are you? And how are you using your gift to help today? Not 13 hours from now in 2024. Not five hours from now. How are you going to use it now? Are you going to be an encouragement to the person sitting next to you? Are you going to pray for them? Are you going to pray with them? Are you going to speak some wisdom into their life? Think about it. Think about what you can do here today to now, right now. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for another beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, thank you for a year that's gone by way too quick. Um, I want to thank you for the year coming up and, and the challenges that you have for us in the coming year. I want to thank you for who you are, gracious and merciful, honorable, just. Without you, there is no us. And I want to, I just want to take a moment and praise you for who you are. I just thank you so much all you've created. Thank you for this body of believers. Thank you for, for a challenge to be issued for us to see how we can help those in need around us, those in need in our church, those in need in the universal church. And I want to pray that as we leave here today that we will go encouraging each other and that we will go helping each other. I pray these things in your name. Amen. If you're able, please stand with me to sing this last song.